Amen. It's good to have everyone here this morning. Well, I hope everybody's doing good. Everybody doing good? Well, if you're not, don't leave this place till you are. Amen. Because I believe whatever is ailing, Jesus can fix it. Amen. Amen. Folks, I'm excited about our spiritual growth campaign that Clinton, uh, uh, Pastor Clinton, uh, talked about for uh, a while. Uh, you know, our whole thing about this spiritual growth campaign is all over our community for a six-week period, we're going to be diving into the Word together. Everybody's going to be on the same page. Everybody's going to be doing the same thing. And I'm just excited about it. I know what's coming as far as the sermons that we're going to be preaching. And uh, we're going to be going through uh, a book that has sold millions and millions of copies and have been a blessing to so many lives. So I encourage you to be a part of it whenever it starts. It's just a couple of weeks away. Amen. So folks, let's jump into the Word this morning. I believe God's got something very special that He wants to share with us, and I'm excited about it. Let's pray. Father, we love You. Thank You for the day that You've given us, Lord, that we could come together. Lord, whether it be in this building or online, Lord, we gather together, Father God, to hear what did You have to say to us. So, Father, we put this word in your hands and we ask you, Lord, to anoint it so that, Father, whenever it gets inside of us, Lord God, it brings about uh, the, the desired result, Lord, and that is fruit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Well, folks, I know that many of you have probably joined me at various times in my life whenever I have been disappointed. Has anybody ever been disappointed? Four of us. Okay, well, that's good. The rest of you all have perfect lives. The other day, uh, I had kind of set my heart to making some biscuits at my house, and I'd looked up a recipe, and I was going to make some great southern biscuits, and so I got all the ingredients out onto the cabinet, and I was ready to do it. had my buttermilk and my butter and my grease and the butter, and it wasn't all that, but uh, whenever I went to the canister that contains our flour, the recipe called for three cups. And I probably only had about a cup and a half. I was waiting for somebody just to feel my pain. You know, have you ever been there, you know, where you thought you had something and you got to it and it was less than what you thought? You know, have you ever, have you ever been there? Have you ever looked and realized that what's right in front of you is all you have? I didn't have any in the cupboard. You know, I didn't really want to go to the store. Biscuits weren't that important kind of thing, you know, but I was disappointed because all I had was about half of the ingredient that it took to make it. So I'm sure that others of you have probably shared my disappointment. Whenever you maybe, I don't know, opened your bank account online and looked at it and go, whew, that's all I have. <laughs> the other day I jumped in the car and I was going down the road, looked, and I knew the, the fuel light had been on for a little while, but I wasn't sure how long it had been on. And whenever I looked at it, it only said it needed one mile to go. And I was about four miles from the gas station, and I thought, oh, man. I mean, most of us have been there at one time or another whenever we, we looked at something and we go, hear this in my voice, that's all I have. That's all I have. This, this is all I have right here. But whenever you begin to look at things spiritually, how many of you all know that we've got a great God? Amen? I mean, we, we've got a great Jesus that is in love with you. He is He is compassionate and kind to you and I. He loves us beyond what our human intellect can even understand. I'm telling you, 
Uh, whenever you look at what Jesus did for us while we were messed up, are you all here with me? Because the Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I look around this congregation and I see so many of you and I, I love this church. I love this body. But as I've said many times in the past, I'm not sure I would die for you. I love you and everything. There's some people in this room that I would probably definitely put my life on the line for. Y'all there with me? But I'm just not so sure if I would willingly go and let someone crucify me. So we have this amazing Jesus that while we were messed up, he died for us. He's a good God. He is a good God. Man, he's a good God. So whenever you look at this moment of disappointment as I opened up the canister and looked in and well, I have half the flour that I need to, whenever you compare that with spiritual things, whenever you com compare that with supernatural things, the things that God has in his hands, sometimes we can come to this place where Jesus is almost like that flower. It's mm. so really all, all I got is just Jesus, just, just Jesus. Because the doctors have given up. The bank has said no more money. Are you all there? You know, it's just, well, I guess pretty much all I got left is just Jesus. I mean, that could be bad. And sometimes I think that even I have been there where I felt like it might be bad. Are you all there? But if we listen to what words that's coming out of our mouths, because folks, I've heard this over and over and over throughout my whole Christian life, is we always hear people saying that Jesus is all we need. And by the way, that's pretty much what our title of our sermon is this morning. Jesus is all I need. So we come to this place where we go, oh, man, Jesus is he's all I got. And then all of a sudden, something races through your mind like the Word of God, that the Holy Spirit is quickening to you. And all of a sudden, you, you come to this place where you go, wait a minute, Jesus is all I have? Ha! Well, Jesus is just all I need. Let me just put it that way. Are you all following this progression? Jesus is all I have, but Jesus is all I need. And then the last part, it's whenever you start getting excited about what you've just run upon. Well, he's all I have. But you know what? I think he's all I need. And then you start to get excited about it because you realize that the person that sits at the right hand of the Father, Jesus Christ, in all power, all authority, everything has been given unto him. He is the mighty creator of everything that's ever been created. He's got enough. That's what I'm trying to say. And then all of a sudden, something begins to churn on the inside of you, and it's not, well, he's just all I got. Or perhaps it's not just, well, you know, I think he's probably all I need. Something happens on the inside of you, and all of a sudden, this progression takes place, and you step up, and you make this declaration. You say, hey, Jesus, Jesus Christ is all I need. That song we sang just a minute ago, I think, really typifies what I'm trying to say. He's everything I need. And all of a sudden, things start to change inside your spirit from going to, it's all I have. But maybe he's all I need. Ah, he is definitely all I need. Amen? You see how you say things sometimes makes all the difference in the world. Amen? See, because Jesus, 
gives you and I purpose to our life. Our next breath literally comes from Him. Our next meal, whether you went to Ingalls and got it or not, it comes from Him. Amen? We're nothing without Jesus Christ, and we can do nothing without Jesus Christ. There's no way we could ever save ourselves. The Bible tells us that we're dead in sin whenever Christ died for us, and He paid in full the price for you and I's ransom. He's our heavenly, he is our only claim on heaven. You realize that? The Bible says there's only one way. Very narrow, we need to be very narrow-minded Christians because Jesus is the only way. There is none other. If anyone is going to heaven, it is going to be by Jesus Christ. Amen? He's all we have. He's all we need. Because of Him, we can know God. Because of Him, we can enjoy God. Because of Him, we can pray to the Heavenly Father. Without Him, there is no reality in life. There is no meaning in life. Everything is about Jesus. Without Jesus, you and I are dead. I know in my head that all I need is Jesus. He is my all. He is my everything. But sometimes getting it from my head into my heart is painful. I heard a sermon many years ago. It was called The Foot That Will Defeat. The Foot That Will Defeat. And he wasn't talking about what's on the end of your legs. He was talking about a ruler. A ruler that you get in school and you go measure things whenever you're in elementary school. The Foot That Will Defeat. I used one of those for, I don't know, about eight or nine, ten years in elementary school. <laughs> you guys will get there with me this morning sometime. But you know, it's 12 inches, and guess what? The preacher preached this message. He said, there's one foot that will absolutely defeat you every day of your life if you never get the Word of God from your head to your heart, which is exactly one foot. He said, it'll defeat you every time. And see, that's where we are this morning. We know all of these things about Jesus, but oftentimes what happens is we get bogged down with the cares of this life. We get bogged down with all the negativity. We get bogged down with unbelief. Come on. We just get bogged down, and sometimes it's so hard to know that Jesus is everything, that we are absolutely hopeless and dying in every way without Him. He is my all. He is my everything. With Jesus Christ, I have spiritual blessing. I have a sure future in heaven. That's with Jesus Christ. Are y'all? I'm trying to convince all of us in this room that Jesus is all you need. I have strength because of Jesus Christ. I have purpose in my life because of Jesus Christ. I wonder what our lives would be like if always, always, every day of the week, every moment of each day, we carried it in our hearts that Jesus is all I need. You know, just go around every day just thinking it, believing it, capturing it into our hearts. Jesus is all I need, man. Get up in the morning, no matter what lies in front of you, just begin to proclaim it, man. Jesus is all I need. Boom, baby, I got Jesus. Jesus is all I need. These things that I'm facing physically or financially, these things that I'm fighting uh, uh, in my family and the disturbance that the enemy has brought and torn up my family, I'm telling you, Jesus is all I need. And what if we went through the day like that? Because I don't know about your days, but every once in a while, I, I get a curveball thrown to me. Amen? Boy, you're going around just fine, and all of a sudden, poof, things just fall apart. I love to do that. Some of y'all that are sleeping, man, what in the world? Is that the rapture? Okay. 
What if every day we just focused on that over and over and over and over? Jesus is all I need, man. He's all I need. He's, he's the one that's going to get me through this day. He's the one that's going to get me through this difficult situation. He's the one. Jesus is the one. All I need is Jesus. All I have is Jesus. I want to tell you, if we focused on that more often, I think we would be a lot more gracious people than we are. Perhaps a whole lot more giving than we are. A lot of times we hang on to stuff because, you know, you know, I only got this much and I'm hanging on to it. But man, whenever you think about Jesus being all that we need, you can give away anything you have and God's going to take care of you. I can't tell you how many testimonies in my own life and folks that have been around me over the years that have literally given away every dime in their bank account and Jesus still comes through for them. Y'all there? See, but if you don't think about it all the time, are you following me? Well, this is all I have. Let me just tell you something. Just between me and you, don't let this out. Jesus is loaded. I mean, he's loaded. I think we'd be more giving people. I think we wouldn't hold on so tight to the things of this life. I think they would be a whole lot more loose in our fingertips. I think the treasures that you and I would hold on so tightly would be those spiritual treasures, not the physical ones. I think, I think we'd work differently if it just was right there at the forefront of our minds, in our hearts every day. Jesus is all I need. I think we would be a more patient people. I think we'd be a more loving people. I really believe that. But this morning, I want to help us all get there because now I've made a whole bunch of declarations and maybe some of you are sitting in the pew and you're going, I, I do that every day anyway, pastor. And, and so you're, you're ahead of me because there are days that go by and I can tell you that I may not ever even think this thought, much less believe it in my heart, that Jesus is indeed all I need. I know it's somewhere in my cranium, but you know, it's just not at the forefront of the way I live my life. You see, this is all about the way that you and I begin to live our lives, thinking this, believing this, trusting it, holding on to it, declaring it. Jesus is everything that I need. So this morning's text comes from Exodus chapter 16, kind of set this up. The children of Israel have been slaves for hundreds of years to the Egyptians, and now Moses and God went in, the plagues took place, and now the Israelite people are out in the middle of the desert, and God is responsible for leading them, if you would, through this desert experience that they're happening. So I'm going to read, uh, let's see, verse number 14 is where I want to begin, Exodus 16, 14. It says, and when the layer of dew lifted... There on the surface of the wilderness was a small, was a small round substance as fine as frost on the ground. So when the children of Israel saw it, they saw, they said to one another, what is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, this is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Let every man gather it according to each one's need. One omer per person, for each person according to the number of persons. Let every man take for those who are in his tent. Then the children of Israel did so and gathered some, some more, some less. 
So when they measured it by omers, he who gathered much had nothing left over, and he who gathered little had no lack. Every man had gathered according to each one's need, and Moses said, let no one leave any of it till morning. So now here is the story of the manna. God decides in his wisdom how to feed the children of Israel as they're wandering through the desert. How many of y'all know the desert isn't full of, you know, tomato plants and hot pepper plants and stuff like that? There's no very little water out there, so there's not any big abundance of, of, of vegetation growing. There's not even a whole lot of life out there that they could go hunting and, uh, and bring back something for the barbecue grill. We, we understand that whenever they're out in the desert, these people are needy. These people are really needy because the desert not only doesn't have a lot of food, Food, but it doesn't have a lot of water sources either. And so God, in his unbelievable wisdom, developed a way he could take care of the children of Israel. Man, he made, he made water flow out a solid rock. And he developed this way to feed them by every morning whenever the Israelites got up. And believe me, they got up early because getting out of bed early is godly. Just joking, just joking. Some of you that are late sleepers, I just can't stay in bed very, very long. That's it. I get too nervous. Like people say you die in bed, so that's the reason I'm nervous. I just have to jump up. So here's the deal. They got up every morning. They looked out, and on the uh, surface of the desert, there were these little bread things called manna. And Moses instructed them via the Lord, says, go out, you collect all that you need for your family, you measure it out so that you'll have enough for the whole day. And then uh, just make sure you don't keep any for tomorrow. Because tomorrow, if you get up tomorrow, you look out of your tent, there's going to be the same thing happen every day. So in other words, you didn't have to, you didn't have, to have a refrigerator back then. You didn't have to have a, a manna box. A bread box. Okay, for some of you. Okay. You didn't have to have any place to store it. You just had to have a place to gather it up, maybe a little basket, I don't know, a wheelbarrow if you had a lot of kids. But you had to go, you had to gather it up, and you had to eat it that day. You didn't want any left for the next morning. He says, Moses said, let no one leave any of it till the next morning. Why? Because God was going to do the same thing the next morning as he had the morning before, the morning before, the morning before, because God is the supplier of our needs. There is not a day goes by that we are not in need of God's grace, God's peace, God's love, and the list goes on and on. Every morning we need His Spirit to fill us up again, to strengthen us for what's, what lies, a day, uh, lies ahead for that day. Every day we need this fresh Word that speaks into our lives, that speaks into our, our hearts to help us focus on what's really important. We need God's Word in us. Every day we need something new. Amen? I tell everybody we need to get filled with the Spirit every day. And the reason being is because we leak. Some days I think I leak more than other days. I've been thinking about ordering that special tape that you see on the commercials. Tape some holes up. Or maybe that putty. Doesn't work that way spiritually, though, does it? 
Things just cause us to leak. Every day we need this fresh word. We need this fresh word because we need to focus on what's important. What's really important? Because I don't know about y'all, but there's been a few times in my life what I was focusing on wasn't even important. Amen? I remember one time I was just hopping mad. You ever been hopping mad? I was hopping mad. I needed somebody to talk to about this madness that was inside of me. I had a fellow minister and I went into his office and I said, can I talk to you for a minute? He said, yeah, I shut the door. Boy, whenever you shut the door, you know something's important. I sat down at his desk and I began to go, Bleh. I just spilled it all out to him. I said, man, this is what's happened. This is the horrible person that did it. And, and what say you? Should we just load up and go bomb their car with a firebomb or what? And so he listened through this as we did because we were, you know, we were each other's sounding boards, if you would. He had been in my office a couple of times before. And this is what he told me. He said, let me, uh, let me put this in perspective to you. He said, what that individual's said to you, done to you, he said, do you think in 15 years it's going to make a difference? And I went, hmm, I probably won't remember this past the end of the week. And he said, if it doesn't matter in 15 years, he said, just let it go. I go, he said, if it'll matter in 15 years, he said, yeah, by all means, go bomb their car. <laughs> he really didn't say that, but I wish he had of. See, that little talk that he gave me helped me put things in perspective of what's really important. And that day I found out that the kingdom was way more important than my feelings. Okay, that was a whole sermon all of its own right there. We got to get that word inside of us so that we focus on what's really important. See, because this race that, you're, that you and I are in, this, this race that is basically our life, if we try to run this race without Jesus, it will do nothing but run us dry. We will come to a place to where we just feel like we cannot run anymore. And Jesus is the one who so faithfully told us, he said, man, my burden is light. He said, come unto me. So the people of Israel have spent 40 years in the desert. They were literally wandering in circles. And I imagine that many times in, in this wandering, their life was very intense. I mean, you got to know that it was hot. It was dry out in the desert. And I have an idea that, that they probably got very exhausted at times during this journey. I imagine there was a few times whenever moms wanted to pull the last hair that they had in their head out because their kids were driving them absolutely crazy. I figured some of you moms would chime in right there. There's times whenever you know, just, I imagine that they just had come to the last of the last nerve that they had that was still sensitive. They just were exhausted. It was hot. It was dry. But God literally came in his wisdom and he met them right where they were. He made sure that every day the children of Israel had everything that they needed. In this journey, I really believe that they, they discovered how much that they had to rely on Him. Every hard step, every grueling step that they took, they, they knew how much that they had to rely on Jesus Christ. They were hungry, and God sent manna. Every day, 
Every day, a miracle was there. Do you all realize what kind of miracle took place in the desert? As that manna fell, you know, I just thinking, you know, if you drop manna on the ground, man, whenever you're eating it, it's going to taste a little gritty. Are you all there? But somehow or another, God in his wisdom caused it not to happen. They weren't picking that manna up and going, man, we got to dust the dirt off of this again. Somehow or another, it was pristine whenever they picked it off the ground. He sent them manna, and every day they seen a miracle right before their eyes. All they had to do was go out of their tent and literally pick it up. This was their food. I'm just curious. How many of you all think, now just this is kind of not the sermon anymore. I'm going off on my own. How many of you think that manna tasted exactly like a good tamale? Just raise your hands quickly. Okay. I'm hungry, so I'm going to go on with this test just to see if I'm just kidding. I've just always been curious of what manna tasted like. I have an idea. It tasted pretty good. I mean, this is heavenly bread coming down from heaven. I have an idea. It was really, really good. But these children of Israel, every morning as they exited their tent, I mean, literally, their eyes beheld a miracle from God. They didn't know what the manna was at first, whenever they first saw it. But Moses said, this is the bread the Lord God has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone go out and gather all that you need. Listen to this. Go out and gather all that you need. But tomorrow, we're going to start this miracle all over again. The Israelites did exactly as they were told. Some gathered a lot, some gathered a little. Just like, just like, and just like the people of Israel had to gather it fresh every morning in the wilderness, this is what I'm telling you. I believe we've got to do the exact same thing. Sometimes I think we rely so much on Sunday morning service or Wednesday service or some good thing on the TV. And folks, I got to tell you, this is things we've got to create inside of our own selves as we go through each and every day of our lives. You and I have to be a people that every morning we look for the miraculous provision that God has for us for that day. They couldn't store it up. They had to look for it every day. Man, I wish I could store things up. You know, whenever God's got the spigot on, I wish I could just store it all up, but it's not the way it happens, amen? He just gives us enough for that day. He gives us enough for that miracle that we've been asking Him for. God provided each morning it was there waiting on them. Every day He made sure that their needs were met. They were satisfied. They were nourished. They were cared for. And this is the great thing about the people that they're in the desert is they never had any lack. I opened that canister up a couple of days ago and looked in there. Oh, all I got is a cup and a half. My mind was, well, I could cut that biscuit recipe in half and I could cook some biscuits. And I thought, no, I'm hungry. I need a dozen biscuits at least. They never had any lack. I mean, we go from this place in our lives where, oh, Jesus, I think it's probably all I got. 
I mean, he's all I got. Then you go, wow, man, Jesus is everything I need. Everything I need is found in Jesus Christ. They never lacked. God's resources never ran dry. And I believe that's what the Holy Spirit is speaking to our hearts this morning. He offers us the same thing every morning that we get up. Sometimes I think in my busyness and in the stress of life, we miss it. Anybody ever been there besides me that you get about halfway through the day and you look and you go, man, I haven't even thought about God today. I haven't even thought about his provision. I haven't even thought about getting out there and gathering that manna that he sent me to give me all that I need to get through this day. I think we sometimes get things going too fast. You ever been there? Where you get things going too fast. Maybe I'll... I'll define this a little bit better. Children, my children, I have one specific child I'm thinking of. Whenever he was little, the second his feet hit the floor, he was going 150 miles an hour. Just hit the floor, he's gone. See, I love to do that, three of you. He, just, he was just wide open. I had some that had to sit at the edge of their bed for a while. <laughs> I've had some that by the time they get into the breakfast table, they're still just groggy and rolling their eyes around. But I had one that whenever his foot hit the ground, he was going. I think that's the mistake me and you make a whole lot of times because whenever our feet hit the ground, all of a sudden we're going, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to do this, I got to go here, I got to go there, I got to see him, got to see her. Are y'all there with me, anybody? See, sometimes I think we just get things going too fast. We try to get it all done, and sometimes we might forget what really matters the most. But even for those times, I think that God still has an amazing amount of grace for us. I think sometimes He waits on us, and I'm very glad that my God has a whole lot of patience, and I'm glad that His peace never runs dry. Amen? I think every day, if we'll look for it, we'll see His miracles all around us. I think we'll see his miracles right literally before our eyes. But we've got to make a choice to look for them. So tomorrow morning, whenever you guys are coming out of your tent, I want you to open up that tent flap and look for the miracles that God has for you for that day. Because the same way that he supplied manna for those people wandering in the desert, he will supply your needs tomorrow morning. He will. So whenever you fold that tent flap back or that teepee flap or wherever it is that you're staying, stand up straight and begin to say, God, I'm looking for the miracles that you have for me today because this is what I'm believing. I'm believing that this day, God, that I'm fixing to go out into, not really knowing exactly what's going to happen, I believe that Jesus is all I need to get through today. All I have is Jesus. Ugh, that's awful. Well, Jesus is all I have. Well, that's good. Jesus is all I need. Jesus covers our past. He secures our future. He gives us all that we need for every day that he leaves us on this earth. 
He promises that if we come to him and allow his truths to nourish us, saturate our lives, that indeed we will be satisfied. This morning, I want to go through a list real quickly about reasons why I think we need Jesus every day. You know, he's all I need every day. And the reason why he's all I need is a couple of things I've got written down here. First of all, Jesus is the bread of life. I thought that fit really well because I'm talking about the manna that the Israelites went out every morning and gathered up. He's the bread of life. In John 6, 35, it says, Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus also said he's the living water. In John 4, 10, it says, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would ask him, and he would, give, he would have given you living water. So here's Jesus, the bread of life. Jesus is the living water. The Bible says in John 14, 6, it says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus answered. He said this, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You understand why that we can begin to say Jesus is all I need? Folks, if he's the bread of life, if he's the living water, if he is the way, the truth, and the life, you figure we're, we've got about all we need right there. If that was all he was, we got about all we need, but there's more. Jesus is a Savior. He's our Lord. It says in Philippians 2, 9 through 11, it says, For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, of those who are in heaven and earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Oh, man, I'm glad Jesus is Lord. Amen? We ain't going to get to heaven and be surprised whenever we look at that throne. Are you all there? Because he is the Lord. In 1 Corinthians 10, 4, it says Jesus is a rock. I'm glad he's the rock because guess what? The rock won't move. We sing that song. I like that song. The rock won't move. It says, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them. or They drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. In Job 19.25, it says, Jesus is our Redeemer. It says, and as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last will take his stand on earth. In John 8.12, it says, he's the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me in will, will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus is our peace. In Ephesians 2.14, it says, for he himself is our peace. In Matthew 9.35, Jesus is our healer. Then Jesus went about to the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing, listen to this, and healing every sickness, and every disease among the people. Woo, I like that. Everyone, every sickness, every disease. There's nothing that is known to the medical dictionaries throughout this globe that Jesus Christ does not have lordship over. If he speaks to a disease, that disease must do what it's told to do. And Jesus is not going to tell it to tear us up. He's going to tell it to be gone. Amen? He's our healer. He's our deliverer. First Thessalonians 1.10. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus delivers us from the wrath to come. He's also our provider. In Philippians 4.19, it says, And my God shall supply most of your needs according to his riches in, Christ, in glory by Christ Jesus. <coughs> 
Oh, did I read that wrong? I did. Man, shame on me. And my God shall supply pretty much everything that you have need of according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. See, again, I love to go to the Greek, and I like to get the original language out so that you can study it. This is what it says in the Greek. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I don't know about you all, but all pretty much covers everything. He's the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd in John 10, 11. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And this is the thing I could have kept on going this morning. All of this that I've quoted you out of these scriptures and much, much more. All I have is Jesus. Wait a minute. Jesus is all I have. Oh, hold on a minute. Jesus is all I need. That's my declaration this morning. He's all I need. I got to come to a place in my my own life where I never, ever doubt that he's not there for me. I got to come to my place, a place in my life where I never, ever doubt that he cares for me. My Jesus cares for me. Even if I have been an onion head just a minute or two before. Y'all understand onion head, right? Whenever you've done some of the most stupid things that you could possibly do, whenever you've literally gone against what He's commanded us to do, I'm telling you that Jesus is still in your corner. He cares about you. He's there for you. Sometimes I think as human beings, we can find ourselves in a very lonely place. Even though we may have hundreds of friends on Facebook and maybe we even have real friends. I'm I'm just being real here, okay? Not everybody that's your friend on Facebook is really your friend, okay? Friends are the people who show up at your house whenever you need to move, okay? Without you ever even asking them to help you move. That's your friends. Pastor Rick, thank you for all the times that you help me help others move. (laughs) Lord, have mercy. That's... We, we, we've, we've got a friend that is amazing to us, and his name is Jesus. He loves us more than we could ever imagine. He promised to be with us always, and he cares very much about what we're walking through. See, real friends care about what you're going through. They really do. Our lives sometimes are so discombobulated that we look around us and we really don't see a lot of friendship. I know in my wife's situation, there's a lot of times where she feels very lonely. She's not connected to this body of believers anymore. I talk about new people that are coming to our church and, you know, she's never met them. And, and, and so she gets very lonely. And I can even be in the room with her and she can get lonely. So a sickness can do that. An emotional problem can do that. Folks, whenever debt is piled up at the door 500 miles deep, are you listening to me? It can make us feel very lonely 
like we're the only ones. But I want to make sure we understand this. He cares about what it is that you are walking through because he's a good God. Jared, if you'll come this morning and help me close this. Last week, if you uh, were here, I made the um, announcement that I'm going to be praying for people today. And I really believe that we need to call people down to the front. We're going to try to keep distance in between one another. But I, I want to come around and I want to lay hands on you and pray for you. And you go, oh, wait a minute, COVID, COVID, COVID alert. Okay, don't worry about that. I've already had COVID, okay? <laughs> I'm serious. Good things come out of this. I can pray for you now. I've already had COVID, so I'm not worried about getting it from you or giving it to you. And in between times, I've got a bottle of hand cleaner right here. I'm going to sanitize my hands before I go on to the next person. But I really believe that some of us need to be prayed for. Because I want you to know God cares for you. He cares for what it is you're going through. And he wants to provide for you. But somehow in another, you got to get it from your head to your heart that Jesus is all that you need. I'm in this room this morning and I will confess openly before every person. I have a need. In fact, I'll go on a little further than that. I'll tell you, I've got multiple needs. I can fill up a piece of paper with the amount of needs that I've got. All typewritten in like 10 font. I get a little bitty because there's a lot of things I'm believing for in my own life. Maybe you're in this room and you've pretty much exhausted everything trying to get your needs taken care of. Maybe you've gone to the bank or maybe you've gone to the doctors and, you know, that's where Renee and I are at. I mean, we've gone to all the doctors and they pretty much have said the same thing. There's nothing really that they can do. So maybe you've exhausted everything trying to get your needs taken care of. And I just want to point you. I want to point you to this place where if that's you, you can boldly confess that Jesus is all you need. Maybe he's all you got. You know, you've, you've, you've gone that far. He's all you got. Understand this. If he's all you got, he's all you need. This morning, maybe you haven't exhausted all the resources out there. Maybe you think, well, there's a whole bunch of banks in town. Maybe one of them will have mercy on me, you know? Maybe, maybe it's a relationship problem. Whatever it might be, I don't know. But maybe you haven't exhausted all of the different things, all the different methods out there to be able to come to a place where your need is met. I'm just telling you that you probably ought to stand up before you even try to go any further and just say, wait a minute. I'm going to take a shortcut here and I'm going to leave all of the agony of getting said no to behind and I'm just going to come to Jesus and I'm going to say, Jesus, you're all I have left, but this is what I believe, Jesus. I believe that you are all that I need, all that I need. Jesus, this morning, before you ever got up 
and you folded that tent flap back, he made fresh provision for you. All you have to do is just pick it up. And here's the great part. Pick up all that you need. See, that's the great part about this story. Get all that you need. This morning, if you can fit it into a quart jar, take it home with you, and that's all you need, that's fine with me. But this morning, if you need to back a semi-trailer up to the door here and load it up, because sometimes that's where we feel like we are. I need a bunch, God. I'm telling you, he has made enough provision for whatever it is that you're walking through this morning. I want to read a couple of scriptures, and as I'm reading them, I want you to prepare yourself to come to the front. If you're here in this sanctuary and you just believe that you need to be prayed for, nothing special in me, but what is special is Jesus. And the Bible tells us we need to pray for one another. And so if you have a need here this morning and you just want to come to the altar and just make the declaration, Jesus is all I have, but Jesus is all I need. Oh, yes. He is my provision. And this morning before I ever awoke, just like pastor said, he made all what I need to take care of me. Made fresh provision. So if that's you, I want you to prepare yourself just to come. I'm not going to give some big fancy uh, altar call. I'm not going to have every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm just not going to do that. If you're in this room this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ, perhaps you've never you've never believed on him and trusted in him, then I want to pray with you before you leave. I want to believe God to just come into your life in such an amazing way and his grace just flood your heart. And literally, before you leave here, you can become born again. Have a John chapter 3 experience with Jesus. <clears throat> if you're listening to us online, I'm going to pray for you because I believe that there are folks that are out there tuning in online and there's something going on in your life, and you've heard this word this morning, and you're ready to go, man, yeah, Jesus is all I need, but Jesus, but Jesus is all I need, yeah. So 2 Peter 1.3 says this, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. In Hebrews 4.16, it says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. So we can be people that start out by saying, well, all I have is Jesus. And then as the revelation that he's made that brand new provision for you this morning gets into your spirit, maybe you could go from all I have is Jesus to Jesus is all I have. And maybe as faith begins to arise in this congregation and in each of our hearts, maybe we can go on to saying, yeah, but Jesus is all I need. He's everything I need. In fact, can I go one step further? Jesus is actually more than you have need of. Come on. He's more than you have need of. So this morning, 
All of you in this congregation, would you join me in praying for those that are tuning in by internet? Would you join me and just believe that God would just do a miracle right where they are, a miracle of healing, a miracle of, of blessing, a miracle of provision, whatever it is that they're believing for. We just want to join our hearts together and believe for every single person to, to get that fresh provision, that new provision that God has made for them this morning. Father, we pray right now over every person that's tuning in, Lord. And we pray, Father, that this word goes from their head into their hearts, Lord. And that, Father, a declaration can begin to rise out of them that Jesus is all I need that Jesus is enough for this illness that I've been battling, that Jesus is enough for this financial crisis that has come my way, that Jesus is enough. He's all I need. In fact, he's more than enough. He's more than enough to heal my body. He's more than enough to to prop up my bank account. He's more than enough to, to fix the relationship that's been broken in my family. He is more than enough. Oh, yeah, Jesus, you're all I need. We pray that, Father. In the bold and mighty name of Jesus Christ, over everybody that is turning, tuning in, Father, we believe it. We believe that miracle, Father God, is being picked up right now. And Father, that all that they need, they're gathering it up, Father. We ask it in the name that is above every name, Jesus Christ. Thank you for it, Father.